You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Wednesday, so of course that means it's Wayne on Wednesday. Wayne McCurry is a portfolio manager at FNB Wealth and Investment in Johannesburg. And Wayne, I've been talking for the last few days and I've been boring people to death about the raft of bad news coming out of South Africa. And I saw some more today. And one of the saddest things I saw, I know you're not a big gold fan, but Anglo Gold Ashanti yes, used to be yes, one of the biggest gold mining companies in the world and used to be a stalwart of the not just the JSC, but the economy, mm-hmm. has suddenly gone completely. It sold for $4.4 billion, its last assets to Harmony, which is fine because yes. that's a South African company, but a little bit of a, a tinge of sadness there. Yes, it is. Look, I mean, this Anglo Gold in the 80s was the gold company. But, you know, as with anything, you've got to stand back and just evaluate it from a little bit further away. The South African mines, their output, their gold content, their yield per kilogram of ore ironed, uh, mined. Yes has been deteriorating for 20 years. And even the grade is deteriorating. Okay, just take a step back. In the 80s, you got five grams per ton of what you pulled out of the mine, and you went down 1.2 kilometers to get it. Now you get one gram per ton, and you go down three, four kilometers to get it. So the South African gold assets have been in terminal decline for 30 years now in the in the our peak of gold production was 800 tons in the late 1980s. Right now, total South African gold production, I don't think, is more than 120 tons. Okay, so the assets have had their day. They are in terminal decline. So undoubtedly, the macroeconomic environment, the availability of electricity, and all the bad news we know about South Africa – must have formed part of their deliberations, but it's not the major one. These are old assets that are either at the end or very close to the end of their economic lives. And that's, I think, the main reason why they're pulling out. And I can still remember how long ago, maybe even 15 years ago, when Anglo-American unbundled Anglo-Gold, I almost fell off my chair when I heard it, because that's where Anglo-American was made. And yet they also sold out of Anglo Gold. Their own holding company sold out of Anglo Gold, I can't remember, 15 years ago for this very reason. The assets are ex-growth. They're old assets. Now, Harmony has got adjacent operations. They might be able to do a little bit of rationalization and that. But they've also got declining grades. They're faced with exactly the same problem. Gold mining in the 1980s was probably 18% of our economy or 20% of our economy. I doubt if it's more than 1% of our economy now. So the biggest reason why they're selling is that they actually can't make any more money out of it. Yeah, but on the the other hand… On the other hand, Wayne, have a look at this. I mean, in the business day this morning, maybe they're looking for some for some reaction from their readers. But it says here, Anglo Gold ends its historic exposure to South Africa, selling its last two operating assets as it looks offshore for safer, less risky investments. Safer, less risky investments. Never mind the ore grade. Never mind how deep they have to go. Yeah. They're, they're those two words, safer and less risky, or rather yeah. those two phrases, but they are key as well. Yeah, but you must remember that that's uh, are the mines safer? Okay, they've gone to Ghana, Ghana macroeconomic environment and physical safety environment. I don't think's better than South Africa. They, you know, 
there's another story going on there with all of the the insurrections and uncertainty there. But the actual assets are safer. You don't have to go four kilometers down and your grades are better. You know, and so and and it's not as though they're now looking to go overseas. They've been expanding their offshore operations, and so has Harmony, and so has just about everyone else, for the same reason we've been discussing. The SA assets are old, and they they are very near the end of their economic lives. So going overseas is not at all unusual for the gold mine, because if you just stayed in South Africa, you know, in five or ten years' time, you wouldn't have a gold mine. You wouldn't have a company anymore because there's no more gold left. Mm. So maybe it is a little bit of sensational reporting. Yes. But that is just the fact of the ore body. I can promise you, if the old Tartona, that's called Tartona now, and all of their mines, but I unfortunately can only remember the old names because that was when gold was in its heyday. They had two mines, Dufontaine and Clough, and they had they had uh, Western Deep Levels and Vol Reefs. Those were their main mines. Forget about the Free State mines for the moment. Those were their main mines. If those mines still had the same ore body as what they had in the 80s, they wouldn't be going anywhere despite anything that happened in South Africa because they were making a killing in those days. But nowadays they're not making money anymore. So the sale doesn't surprise me at all. And I know a lot of people will say, ah, oh, that's they're voting with their feet at South Africa, it's economics, it's all the things we know about. But the reality is they can't make money out of that because there's very little gold left. I mean just to once again go back to the 80s, in 1982, when the gold price went to $800, the gold shares as a percentage of the total capitalization of the index was 40%. Eh? Okay, these numbers are being thrown at me, are, of course, retrospective. But what, what is it for the gold miners that are left in South Africa? What do you do as a house at 2%? FNB Wealth and Investment? What, what, no, we don't, we don't, we don't, don't touch own them. any gold shares. And it's unlikely that we will own any because it is just too variable. It, it is just, it, it's, you, you know, in, in investments, you hope and you try and make a logical decision based on future earnings and discounted cash flows and all of these things. But with gold shares, you can't do it because you can't even make an assumption as to what's going to drive the gold price. So you actually, it's, 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 it is such a risky investment decision because they're so volatile. And, of course, the gold index in RANDs has been a massive underperformer. And lots of people would say, oh, but gold itself has been a good investment. It actually hasn't. The only reason why it seems a good investment for South Africans is because the RAND's been weak over the last 20 or 30 years. Gold itself as an underlying investment actually hasn't been good at all. Okay, so you won't even say, look, look, let's put 2% into the portfolio yeah. because gold shares are priced for, for example, in, sometime once, in the future, priced yeah. for failure. You, you wouldn't even yeah, do that, not, every, not for a year. No, no. Once every 10 years, you cry, like this last year, because the gold shares went up. Mm. But the other nine years, you're quite happy not owning gold shares. Gosh, that's a damning pronouncement, Wayne McCurry. Another damning pronouncement came out this morning. In fact, two of them. Let's start with Tiger Brands. That's a horrible yes. story. Yeah, look, I mean, this company, you know, once again, before we went on air, we were discussing how old we were, and I'm a little bit older than you. But only just. In my, only just, yeah. The one thing I've learned in my old age in investments, some, not companies, some groupings of shares mm. you just don't invest in, and one of them is the food producers. And I, 
Astral Foods, Tiger Brands. I think these food producers, with the dropping of all the protection they enjoyed in the 80s and 90s from tariff barriers and all of that, the chicken producers, all of these basic commodity foodstuff producers are also just too volatile. You know, the one minute the guy's dumping chickens here, the next minute they're dumping maize, they, you know, they are also just too difficult to call. Now, I know Tiger's has got value-added products. It has got some value add-ons, but it is primarily still a miller, a, a basic foodstuff producer. And as I said earlier on, the longer and longer I'm in investments, the less and less I like these basic food producers because they are also too difficult to forecast. Now, we don't own Tiger Brands or the chicken companies, but we got AVI. Now, AVI has got food. It's got food, but there's a lot of value-add biscuits. It's got the shoe side. So it's not quite a food producer, but that's about as far as what we would go into that sector, I would think. It's just too difficult to call the shares right. Now, when you look at what Tigers have said, they've said um, macroeconomic environment, but you just look at the company itself. Look at the the absolute catastrophe they had in, in Nigeria with Dangote flour. Yes. You know, they spent a fortune buying this, but the quality of the flour was so poor, they couldn't even use it to make their own bread in Nigeria. They imported flour from South Africa. I mean, I don't know how many countless billions they wasted on that. And then the other African expansions have also been poor. And then, okay, you can argue, was it just something they couldn't control, but then the whole listeriosis outbreak, you know, this company clearly has not done it's it's actually done extra extraordinarily poor in the last while so they can't just blame the macroeconomic environment they 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 just can't quite frankly okay let me have a look at another thing now because this really shocked it didn't shock me but i just thought this is south africa this is a company that is diversified it's out it does its business outside of south africa as well as within the borders of the republic but this was barlow world a voluntary operational trading update for the three months ended 31st of December. I'll just read the opening sentence from each paragraph. Group overview. Group revenue for the period was lower than the prior year. Okay. Then divisional performance overview. Equipment is the first division. Overall sales were down on the prior year due to lower machine sales in the rest of Africa, particularly in Mozambique. The next one, as I scroll down, automotive. Automotive trading was down on the prior year due to continued pressure on new and used unit sales, stating the obvious. Logistics, Mm. non-reveal of contracts in the prior year and increased fleet costs impacted results. On to funding. In line with previous years, group working capital and related net debt levels have increased in the first quarter. Mm. Conclusion, the global concern over the coronavirus, etc., etc., it's negative across the board, and yet the share price right, is doing okay. Yeah. Across the board, negativity. Yeah. yeah. Look, I mean, you know, companies in the collective conscience of companies, they are, in a certain respect, also human. You don't like blaming yourself. You try and find something else to blame. So it's the macroeconomic environment, and now it's the virus you can blame. And, I mean, everyone's this, this you know, try and find other reasons. But they haven't done well in their Iberia operations. I think they've sold them off and they've just bought into Siberia again. And they, But what's, okay, put the automotive to a side, put the logistics to a side. 
mining worldwide has not done badly in the last year. Forget the South African macroeconomic environment and all of that. Mm. I mean, the platinum mines are screaming. They're making profits hand over fist. They're going to spend capex. The iron ore guys, they're going to spend capex because they're also making money. The gold miners are making money. And this is worldwide. So their big yellow equipment sales should not actually be that bad. They should not be under significant pressure. So I think the market was anticipating this. Earnings are down, what, 30%, 40% they anticipate. So I think the market was expecting this, quite frankly. Well, it looks like it because it's almost like sell the rumor, buy the fact. Yeah. A- anyway, the, the market itself has done rather well today. And I don't know very wh- well, yes. I don't know why that is. Maybe it's just bouncing back. Uh, maybe it's just in a range. Maybe it's because of MTN and, and Sassel. Obviously, well, Sassel MTN a big was mover. Hmm. Anyway, yeah, the whole thing was 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 rather good today. But mm. is it a full storm ahead of the State of the Nation address and then the budget and well, then the Moody's pronouncements? Well, we don't know. So first of all, if the State of the Nation, if it shows decisive action, that will be positive. If the budget shows shows decisive action, it will be positive. But even if those two positives occur, I don't think we're going to avoid a junk status on the 27th of March. I, I just, Not a chance. I think it's just too late now to to sort things out. It's just it's just too late now. Even if they'd say the right things and do them, not just say it, because they always say the right things and they just don't do anything. Even if the right things are done, I think that's too late. But it's probably in the price already. So as you said earlier on, sell in the rumor, buy on the fact. I wouldn't be surprised the day we go junk that the market doesn't really read relatively soon after that, because at least it's behind you then. You know, mm. It's done. It's done. It's behind you. Okay. But the last three, four weeks, three weeks, there's just been one day coronavirus is negative. The next day coronavirus is next is less of a threat. And that's what's pushing up the market. Now, I'm surprised the RAND looks a little weaker 1484. I thought it would be down towards the 70, 1470, where it was earlier on today. Yeah. So this is just a risk on event because the new infection rate on the coronavirus has dropped quite dramatically. So, and then tomorrow there could be bad news and the markets will go down again because of coronavirus. But this recovery is really just recouping what we had lost. Because remember, we got up to that 59,000. Uh, two or three weeks ago, three weeks ago. And then this virus story broke and we went down to 56,000. And now it's just crawling its way back up. Uh, 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 so this up and down is driven by global markets, which is driven by the virus at the moment. Exactly. And as we speak, there's an all-time record high on the S&P 500 futures yes. that I'm looking at. It's a quite extraordinary situation. Up Another 0.4%. Wayne McCurry, thank you very much for your insight, as always, on a Wednesday. That was Wayne on Wednesday. And Wayne McCurry is a portfolio manager at FMB Wealth and Investment in Johannesburg. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer, or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision, and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.